Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm feeling quite accomplished today, Jason. Why is that? I finally pulled up my sweet potatoes. Oh, you were dreading this for a while. I was well, I was nervous about it. I wasn't sure what to expect under that ground, but we got some great ones, so I'm super excited. I think some may be coming your way in the very near future. I was going to say. Uh, there was about didn't... 60 pounds of sweet potatoes. I oh, my up. goodness. It was a lot. Well, you need to set up a stand at the farmer's market, I think. <laughs> think we need to make that happen for you. I think so, yeah. Well, now that sweet potato talk is over, Nicole, it's time to get into the, uh, I won't say the meat and potatoes of the show, but we'll, we'll get into the, uh, the main course here. And we're going to be talking about uh, planning and what you need to have handled for end-of-life situations. And to do that, we've brought in Sam Hershey. He is the founder of Evim Solutions. Sam, thank you so much for coming in this evening. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So he has a company called Just In Case Planning. And I I love, love, love talking about planning for end-of-life and, and what happens afterwards because it makes everybody so uncomfortable. I like, we'd like to call it uncomfortable candor, right? And, and you know, none of us really want to talk about the fact that we're not going to be getting out of this alive. We were all born with a terminal condition, weren't we? <laughs> That's right. We were. And yeah. so, um, you know, we, we do need to tr- really get more comfortable with talking about end-of-life planning and the things we really do need to put in place. One of the main reasons, in my opinion, that we need to do this is because it is a really wonderful gift for family members who are left behind when you're gone and, and having to deal with the grief and loss of you as an individual to have things already established and put into place really makes life a lot easier for those that are grieving for your loss. That's right. Um, I think that's one of our main pitches to people. It, it's really been fascinating to to bring this particular product to people because you can see the hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of, as you step back and you think about life and you think about all the things you do and how you plan for a vacation or you know your kids going to college, and then you get to this one point where you're saying, all right, plan for when you're not gonna be here. And it just, it makes people freeze. It makes shut down. People, yes, mm-hmm. and they're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I get it because I was that way when I was younger. I I kind of wake up sometimes and I'm amazed that I am that I have put out this product that our team really it's not me it's our team has put out this product because I used to be one of those people that was mm-hmm. like the thought of death just it makes me cry and mm-hmm. I don't want to think about it mm-hmm. and just I want to live forever mm-hmm. and um, I'm hoping Elon Musk can get us some uh, you know robots we can download our personalities into but short of that I mean this is it's um it's a really serious uh, necessary part of life that that we really just have to confront and it would we'd, we'd all be better off if we did so we sure would be you know I was having a conversation with one of my sons the other day he's a teenager and 
he was, you know, I think you come, you, you cross certain points in your life when you start to realize you're not invincible. invincible. Right. And, yeah. you know, he was sort of looking at me and he goes, well, how much longer are you going to be working, mom? And I said, probably good another 20 years or so. And he's kind of like, well, how much longer do you think you're going to live? And, and of course, <laughs> and so and I'm like, well, you're saying I look old and no, no, no. But he was just kind of curious. Well, what would happen if mom died? Right. And so we kind of talked through that. And it was very, you know, I'm glad that I'd already given it thought. I already have certain things put right. into place, a will, health care, power of attorney, advanced mm. directives, life insurance, things of that nature. Sure. And actually having that conversation with my son, he was kind of like, so if if something were to happen to you, we would know what to do and we would be okay. And and so it was actually reassuring. Similarly, you know, as we age and, you know, we're looking at the end of our lives and, and hopefully we're all going to live wonderful long lives, you know, putting those things in place can really allay major family crises. You know, I've seen working in end-of-life care, mm -hmm. many a family fall apart and never come back together right. again when they're trying to help make end-of-life decisions. You know, mom would have never wanted these right. tubes put in. Yes, mom would have. Exactly. You know, and, and, if, and so family members are just constantly neglecting those conversations and not really sharing what their wishes are. It leaves a very distressed family to try to make those decisions and ultimately people can be at odds. That's right. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a sad part of life because it's an unnecessary part of life. Mm -hmm. It's something that we could easily avoid. And I think it's, it's pretty common. I mm -hmm. think 95% of all families probably go through this. They go through that uh, emotional struggle when they lose a loved one. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, yeah, the, I mean, it, it is a real tragedy because it's so avoidable. And so that's why we're kind of we have to keep pushing the message of just plan, just take the time. And then not only for the person to actually plan, but for their loved ones to mm -hmm. make sure they're respecting the wishes of what exactly they want. Um, I know I've had this conversation with my mom and, and I know what she wants, but you know, she's going through the process of filling out just in case planning now. And that way there's, you know, no disagreement about um, personal items of hers, who they go to, mm -hmm. um, what she wants to have happen to her when when her time is done, and and it will just make it'll make us it'll allow us to to grieve her loss, to celebrate her life, and not be fighting each other. Sure. So talk to us a little bit about what exactly is just in place planning. Um, just in case planning is really about just in case you die, because mm -hmm. you know let's face it, not not all of us are going to make it to. 95 years old and and we're not all going to know when that time comes um and it's and so you see you know i I've, i know a couple of people who uh, passed away when they were 40 they had you know one of them had kids um and there can be real chaos there mm -hmm. and real tragedy and there, it's unexpected and you know it's 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 sad to see mm -hmm. um so it's really just about going through different aspects, not taking even much time. You know, we all, and and we know everyone has time to do this. Right. I mean, we spend hours daily, you know, scrolling through oh, Twitter yeah. or Facebook yeah. or and something like And our activity like reports on our phones are now telling us how long we're doing That's that. That's right. <laughs> Curse those phones. Uh, but so you, everyone has time and, and really you can break it into segments. You can spend five minutes here, 10 minutes here and take a couple hours of your life and you'll be done. So what do you consider just in place in case planning? What are the components? So it's really when you kind of get started, it's there's several different aspects that you want to have to have in place. Um, should something happen starts with 
kind of knowing what's going to be on your death certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, really simple, basic information. Uh, we get into not how to make a will, but do you have a will? Mm-hmm. You know, where is it? Mm-hmm. Like my my parents took a trip to Colombia um, in South America uh, several months ago, and my mom said, "All right, here's where the will is." Right, and it's kind of it was in an odd place, but she wanted me to know in case something had happened, and that's really where you have a product like this that all the kids will know. Here's where it is. Here's mm-hmm. where we go. Right. You know, and people forget about that aspect when they plan these things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then you get into, you know, what do you want your funeral to be? Right. You know, do you do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be have a green funeral? Um, who do you want to speak at your funeral? Real simple things that you can kind of, even if they don't hold, like, I know who I would want to speak at my funeral um, if I outlive the guy, right? Right. So you never <laughs> you know. You have a backup hitter. <laughs> That's a good idea, yeah. So uh, you kind of get into that. And, and even if you just give um, broad a broad outline of what you want, that makes it a lot easier sure. for families. exactly. And then there's a lot of other things that people don't think about. You know, we give the opportunity to reflect on life a little bit. Uh, to tell someone thank you or I'm sorry or I forgive you. And then you have financial organization and mm-hmm. cleanup of items maybe within your house Where or are your social passwords? media. <laughs> yes, yeah. we have all that stuff. Yep. Um, and people don't think about things like, so what happens if, you know, everyone in my family, if we're in a, you know, I hate to be talk about it like this, but let's say we're in a car wreck, mm-hmm. right? Who knows the the uh, alarm code on my house and what to do with my dogs? Right. And that's right. the kind of thing that, you know, it's it's a little easier for us because there's multiple people in the house. But if you're living alone, if you're in right. an apartment, who has a key? You right. Know, who knows to get the dog and to take it to somebody's house? So All it's, smart it's, stuff. Yeah, it's little things we don't tend to think about but that are really important. Just in case. The website is justincaseplanning.com. He is Sam Hershey. Sam, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Thanks very much. And I really just want to say that I'd like to get some of those sweet potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to get in line, my friend, because they will be in demand here in the building. But we have to take a quick break. We'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care, here on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're going to be talking about a subject that comes up um, occasionally on the show. And, you know, there's so many topics that we come across where, um, you know, they're a bit more mainstream and things that we think to think of, you know, right. whether it's a, a dementia diagnosis mm-hmm. or symptoms along those lines. But um, almost equally as potentially damaging is is this concept of social isolation. And I'm going to trip over that, that word the rest word. of the night. <laughs> uh, the SI. We we could have done something there, but no, social isolation is, it's a concept that uh, can be a a big of threat to your health as anything. 
Yes. And, you know, it is incredibly difficult. And I really think we underestimate what social isolation does to the older adult. So I'm super glad to have Ann Browning, our good friend here with Home Watch Caregivers of the Triangle. She's the Community Outreach Coordinator, and she's going to be talking to us about the importance of combat, combating social isolation, and then a really special program that Home Watch does every single year to really bring some joy to seniors in our community. Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about why older adults are so particularly vulnerable to being isolated. I mean, some of these things, some folks might sometimes it's so easy it's hard to think about but when you really break it down you know there really are some true reasons why this happens right so you know as we all know human beings are really social creatures Uh, our connections allow us to survive and thrive Uh, yet as we age many of us are alone more often than when we were younger leaving us much more vulnerable to isolation and loneliness and related health issues yeah that that's that's definitely for sure i mean you know at the end of a work day i don't know how social i am i think my family gets the the leftovers but um but the reality of it is is you know when folks are sitting home alone all day long and the literal square footage is the one room that they're in or that first floor and that's all that they see is those four walls after a while that can be very very devastating for an older adult absolutely especially when they're used to their their more active years Mm -hmm. when when you know let's face it a lot of uh our working years um are very social Mm -hmm. i mean i know my dad he really worked for the for the social uh aspects of it and when he retired um you know it was really tough for him because he loved that socialization and he retired twice and went back to work twice Mm -hmm. because of that and I even think about that, you know, my own husband, he's he's retired and, you know, I, you know, I'm out talking and literally talking all day long every single day. And by the, when I get home, he's all ready to talk and I'm all ready to stop talking. And, and so, yes, I mean, if, if you're you're a person who's retired, you definitely you know need to try to figure out you know, how do you stay connected? How do you stay connected to some of those people you worked with? We all have those things, right? When we change jobs, we say, oh, you know, we're going to still stay connected. It's a really hard thing to do. People move on. They get on with their lives. Geography changes. Our abilities to move changes. People stay stop driving when they're older adults, for example. A lot of them stop driving at a certain point, so it becomes more and more difficult to stay connected. Absolutely. So what else? Um, So, you know, social isolation, as we mentioned earlier, really can be linked to a lot of different health issues. Higher risks of physical and mental conditions like high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, a weakened immune system, anxiety and depression, um, cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease are linked to social isolation. And people don't realize that. And that is a true, true finding. I've been attending more and more research symposiums on dementia and the reality of it is, is that if we stop using our brains in that social way, we stop building some of those connections and and within our brain and then we really start to have a decline and a lot of times folks that are socially isolated they do get depressed and depression sometimes mimics 
a cognitive decline. And so there there are things out there like reversible dementias. There are some forms of dementia that can be reversed. And if folks oftentimes when they've been living alone and they bring in in in-home care services and they suddenly have some socialization or they start attending an adult daycare center or they move into a special care memory unit, families often report, oh my goodness, they suddenly seem like they're getting better. And one of the main reasons why they're getting better is because they're having social engagement. Absolutely. Um, so also um, something else that's, you know, your muscle is a brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, your brain is a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> your muscle is a brain. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you have to use your muscles in mm-hmm. order to um, to keep them healthy. And right. so um, there's there are many parts of your brain. And as long as you're continuing to use that those parts of your brain, and like you said, socialization is part of your brain, um, and, and forming those new connections, you're going to keep your brain healthy. And... Um, you know, loneliness in the elderly uh, may increase the chance of death by as much as 14%, which is really kind of scary. And it, it's as simple uh, as trying to get that much, um, that, that part of your life uh, more active and you can really live a healthier, active life. Well, they're even finding now, you know, young adults. I mean, they are saying the children that are growing up today and, um, and even the millennials uh, are the most lonely people even far more lonely than older adults because of the way we've started to just rely on technology to communicate and build bonds and relationships. So yeah, they're, they're, they're really finding that, you know, people are just so, so, so alone. And I, and I see in, in communities, you know, people are, it's not the way it used to be. Neighbors don't pop out and mm-hmm. check on each other. You know, neighbors aren't necessarily popping in on other elderly neighbors. And, you know, it's actually quite sad. It's quite sad to really see that decline in interaction just between human beings with each other. So it's interesting because that social aspect of the internet can be very beneficial to our seniors because you can keep keep up with your mm-hmm. families and your grandkids and you know we know grandkids don't call right because if you want to get in touch with them text don't call because they're yeah. not going to answer yeah <clears throat> i think for the younger generation it is more isolating because um you know we hear how younger generation they don't know how to um act in public you know they don't know how to make eye contact yeah, talk with other people that kind of thing um but for the older generation i think that social media can be very helpful as mm-hmm. far as keeping people in touch for sure so what are some things that we can do in the community let's just say and that you know we are aware that there are some folks that are elderly living in our neighborhood or perhaps in our faith community what can we do to help make sure that they're feeling like they're connected and included in what's going on I think I think knowing who is in your community mm-hmm. that's a lot of it um, especially faith communities are really good at this is that you know a lot of them have their own senior groups um, Bible studies that kind of thing keeping those people um, kind of under watchful eye uh, if someone doesn't come to a service or come to an event um, that they typically do making sure that that you're checking it up on them mm-hmm. and and yeah neighborhoods I think are becoming more and more isolated we don't know our neighbors as well as we used to mm-hmm. but if you uh, if you do have neighbors and and you know that they're older and living alone um, and you don't see their shades opening or their car moving or their mail or uh, newspapers are piling up you know just just knock on the door and check on them and make sure make sure they're okay so what else? What else? Uh, what are some of the uh, benefits that exist out there um, that really help break down social isolation for seniors? What are some other things that people can do? Um, so, you know, having a home care agency can certainly help. Um, someone like HomeWatch caregivers can come in and um, have all sorts of benefits. Uh, just being that person 
to talk to, um, helping that person. Uh, very often, as you mentioned earlier, transportation becomes a big issue. When someone doesn't drive anymore, especially uh, when someone's spouse or partner has passed, um, uh, people become very socially isolated, especially if that spouse or partner was your transportation. So mm -hmm. just having transportation to make sure you can get to those doctor's appointments because once people stop driving, they stop doing those things. They stop going to the pharmacy and getting their medications like they should. Um, and just having someone with them uh, to, to help them with their daily tasks. Sometimes if people maybe have some incontinence issues, um, they don't feel as confident going out. And so if, if, if you're not able to care for those things for yourself or your loved ones are not able to, having a caregiver who can help keep you feeling clean and fresh and up to date makes you much more um, much more wanting to go out in public and, and engage. I think sometimes as family caregivers, we put our blinders on and we don't want to see necessarily the decline in our loved ones because you know subconsciously we realize, well, this is gonna mean more work or more effort. And I think sometimes what we need to do is look at the situation. And if you start to see that your loved one is really not going out anymore, not participating in things like they used to, that really should be a warning sign to get involved because if you just put in a little bit of support early on like that, that will actually help maintain that individual's independence wherever they want to call home for, as, for much, much longer than you would if you ignore it and then something happens and then there's some sort of a health crisis. Yeah, and it's also, it involves a step that's probably going to be very uncomfortable at first. You're getting outside of your comfort zone, having a conversation that maybe you aren't excited to have, but as you referenced, Nicole, it's, it's so important to get ahead and it's ultimately necessary. We're going to continue our conversation with Ann Browning. She is the Community Outreach Coordinator for HomeWatch Caregivers, and we're also going to mention the Stockings of Joy program. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your hosts, Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett and our guest in the studio is Ann Browning. She's the Community Outreach Coordinator for HomeWatch Caregivers, and we've talked about social isolation. Uh, but Nicole, we're going to pivot a little bit here, and we're going to talk about something that uh, we're excited to talk about because we mentioned it last year, but it's uh, coming up again soon, and it's the Stockings of Joy program. Yes, and you know, what a great way to combat social isolation for older adults, especially around the holidays when people are, you know, lamenting about the various losses they've had in their lives, you know, as we age, those losses really mount up and there are special memories with people that you have that you no longer can share with those individuals because they're not in your life. So I think the Stockings of Joy program is a fabulous way to connect with older adults that may have been experiencing some losses during a, during a time that we're supposed to be joyful. Absolutely. We're thrilled to be having the fifth annual Stockings of Joy program this year. Um, it's grown bigger and bigger every year. 
primarily because of the support of the community. And we are absolutely thrilled to have our sponsor for the second year in a row, Capital Funeral Home and Cremation Society of the Carolinas, um, and working with community partners, Legacy Healthcare, Duke Home Care and Hospice, Heartland Hospice, and Transitions Life Care. Without their support and the support of the, of the community, there's no way that we could have a successful program. So talk to us a little bit about the point of this program and, and what, it, what it all entails. So, you know, we don't want anyone uh, left behind during the holidays. Um, we always think about the holidays are for the children, which, of course, you know, we don't want any children forgotten during the holidays either. But so often our seniors and our elders, um, they're, they're kind of overlooked during the holidays. And uh, we don't want that to happen. So um, this is a program we came up with five years ago to work with the community to collect items to go into stockings for seniors. And then we work with community partners to actually deliver those stockings to the seniors. So we work with Wake County Adult Protective Services, the Center for Volunteer Caregiving, Meals on Wheels, Duke Home Care and Hospice, Heartland Hospice, Transitions Life Care, UNC Hospice, and then we also do Baskets of Joy for Jewish Family Services. So um, as an organization, HomeWatch never actually sees the end recipient of these stockings, but that's not the point. The point is uh, for the volunteers of these organizations to be able to bring a smile to someone who might need one during the holidays. I got an opportunity to cover some of the Stockings of Joy uh, program last year, and it was so fun because not only um, you know do people in the community donate items for these stockings, so many of these stockings are actually hand-decorated by older adults in, that are living in independent and senior living communities. And Every single one of the stockings is hand-decorated by someone else in the community, and that's a huge... Um, event. We, we do it with um, a ton of different senior communities, uh, different senior related organizations. Um, and uh, what I really love, especially is when we go into the memory care communities, mm-hmm. because um, these people have so much talent. Mm-hmm. And you put this stocking in front of them, and they just kind of stare at it. And then you see this inspiration come. And when I mean these stockings every single one of them is unique and beautiful and it's seniors giving back to seniors mm-hmm. they're doing something for someone else to bring a smile to another senior's face right and that's important to a lot of people to, to have that kind of activity especially once someone's living in a senior community sometimes they feel disconnected and they they still want to give back to right the we all do way. as human beings just like we were talking about how we all have that need for to be social we also all need have that need and a very deep human level to be contributing, to be valued, to do something of purpose. And when you move into a long-term care community, so much is done for you, and you usually move in because you have so many needs. So to be able to do something for someone who you know is gonna is gonna have an end result smile on that other side of, of the face and just bring joy to that individual, you can just see it. I mean, people were just lighting up truly like Christmas trees when they were decorating, and the staff were so joyful. And um, you know, it's it, you know, and I personally had an opportunity a couple of years ago to hand out a stocking to somebody, and um, you know, the, the it was. You know, the lady just couldn't even believe that somebody thought about her. It's sort of like one of those things where you hear about people paying for somebody's grocery bill behind them or their cup of coffee or whatever it is when you're in line buying something. When I walked to this one woman's door that I noticed was very isolated when I was attending a community parade and I handed her the stocking, she just was just blown away. So, And, and that's a lot of it is that, you know, these the people who are receiving, they don't know it's coming. They mm-hmm. don't – it's not something that's expected. It's just – 
um, it's just the joy that they get by receiving it. And I, honestly, um, I think maybe even more of the joy is um, received by the volunteer who delivers it. Yes, I mean, they it talk, made my day. They talk I still about talk about it. The, the tears that come to <laughs> yeah. their eyes mm-hmm. because of the joy that they're able to give to someone else. So it, it helps people on so many different levels. It sure does, for sure. So I think this is just a fabulous program. So what are some of the items that you need uh, to be donated? So think about um, things that could be useful or helpful or loved. fun. Uh, fun, <laughs> exactly. Um, the stockings are my favorite part of the holidays mm-hmm. because it's the little surprises. You don't know what's going to be in there. So things that are useful, things like um, toothbrushes, toothpaste, nail files, lip balm, eyeglass cleaner and cloths, um, tissue packets, things that they might enjoy like individual hot cocoa packets or individual tea, individual candy or snacks or cider, and fun things like word search games or colored pencils, colored pens, adult coloring books. Those are really popular right now. And even things like lotions and soap, gloves and socks scarves, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So everything's got to be a smallish size to fit in the stocking. Right. Because we want to be able to put a, a number lot of things, of things yeah. in the stocking um, of obviously new and unused, mm-hmm. you know, seals unbroken, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, what we love about this program, too, is that a little bit goes a long way. So if someone wants to participate, $10 to $20 at Dollar Tree or Walmart really can go a long way in, sure. in help putting a smile on someone else's face. That's awesome. All right. So how else can we help? I'm sure there's donation locations, and we're going to post that on the website. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a um, Stockings of Joy Facebook page. Basically, just search for Stockings of Joy. Okay. Uh, we had our kickoff party last night with a bunch of community partners awesome. and other people in the community who came. So you can see those people. Um, but we will be listing donation sites. We've got over 100 donation sites in the triangle. Um, uh, so we'll be listing those. You can find somewhere near you, but uh, you can rest assured that if it's an assisted living community or an independent <laughs> living community, um, they're going to have a they're going to have a um, a collection box there. Uh, you can also reach out to me uh, directly, and I'll be happy to arrange for a pickup or um, let you know where where collection sites are. Awesome. So talk to us a little bit about HomeWatch Caregivers. Uh, so HomeWatch Caregivers is a, we provide non-medical home care. So our goal is to help seniors stay safe and independent wherever they call home and definitely to give their loved ones and their primary caregivers some peace of mind that their loved one is being taken care of and um, and not socially isolated. Mm-hmm. So definitely um, there are a lot of things that that Home Watch can do to help make sure that the seniors in our community um, are not socially isolated and not suffering from some of those physical and mental ailments that come along with that. So these are things like, you know, if you have a loved one at home that needs assistance with bathing or dressing or grooming or transportation, meal preparation, light housekeeping, these are all the types of things that a service such as Home Watch Caregivers can provide in increments of time to really give that older adult that boost so that they can maintain their independence in their home longer. Because really sometimes that's all somebody needs. They just need a few hours a day, a few days a week, just to make sure that you know their their personal needs are being cared for, and frankly, the bonds between the caregivers and the and the individuals become so so strong, and they truly love each other, and you know really do so much for each other both ways. Yeah, you know people don't enter into this profession to make a million dollars a year; they enter into it because they have a heart for loving and for caring for people. So I certainly commend our direct care workers that work so tireless, tirelessly uh, for our older adults and our chronically ill in this community for sure so thank you thank you for having me
She is Ann Browning, the Community Outreach Coordinator for HomeWatch Caregivers. That uh, Facebook page is facebook.com slash stockingsofjoy2019. We're also putting the link on the Aging Matters section of WPTF.com, so you can find it there. And uh, again, you just click on Podcasts and Aging Matters. There you can listen to this episode and all the other episodes that we've done, and you can also find that link to find more information about the fifth annual Stockings of Joy program. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transations Life Care. It's your life, your care here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. We're going to be talking all about the Raleigh Caregiver Summit. You can find more information at caregiversummit.org. And we couldn't have a conversation about uh, our looming Caregiver Summit if we didn't bring in Lisa Levine, our one of our favorite guests here on the show. She is the Director of Education for the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. Lisa, thank you so much for coming back on the program. Thank you for having me back. Excited to be here. Yeah. So in full disclosure, Lisa and I have been planning this event, I think, um, 10 years Ten years ago? now. Yeah this, yeah. Is, this is a long time. And so, yeah, we're not looking as young as we used to. Luckily, they don't have to see that on air. But we are finishing each other's sentences a lot of the time. We are. We are. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we're super excited to be planning yet another uh, caregiver summit in Raleigh, which is actually the home base of where it all began. It so is. super excited about that. The upcoming caregiver summit is going to be on October 29th at the McKimmon Conference Center in Raleigh. And uh, excited to say that we have a new and increased capacity. And no, they have not built on. This is a. This is the thing that is creating me great just I'm just so amazed they haven't built on to the building in 10 years but yet we can fit about 65 more people <laughs> we can which is so, perfect because so many people have wanted to come to this mm-hmm. and now they can and now they can so Lisa talk to us a little bit about um, what exactly is a caregiver summit and who should be coming well the caregiver summit is a day full primarily of education but we also have over 90 resource exhibitors at this. Mm -hmm. So even if you didn't go to an education session, which I don't recommend, you could get (laughs) so much information and education from our resource exhibitors. And also we have a great opportunity for people to network with each other. And, you know, the thing about the exhibitors is we often, a big part of this show is is really trying to untangle that tangled web of resources that exists in our communities, specifically in the the more metro area of Raleigh. Mm -hmm. You know, we are, it's a blessing and a curse. We have such a great population density and we are, because of that, we have so many resources that interact with our aging and adult population, but that can be very, very overwhelming to family caregivers. So having all of those organizations 
organizations in one place to be able to have your questions answered is definitely a benefit to people. And we really do see people sometimes skipping a session because they really just want to talk to that assisted living community or they really want to find out how hard would it be to remodel the home or, you know, what exactly can home care do or, you know, what is hospice even. So um, I think that's a really great benefit to our family caregivers for sure. I agree. And we always encourage people to have those conversations before they need the information. Yes. So this is the chance to find out what you might need in the future and to have that information in your back pocket, if you will. To hang so on to. who should be coming? We all should be coming. <laughs> Everyone should be coming. Anyone that's a caregiver, and, and you might think of yourself as a caregiver of, oh, I'm in the home every day and I'm taking care of someone, but it's not only those people. It's neighbors. It's friends. It's the person that maybe is just picking up groceries for yeah, someone. or starting to do the bills. You know, it, it, it creeps up on you. It and, does. And a lot of times when I'll say to a family member, when they're doing some of those responsibilities like bill keeping or housekeeping or grocery shopping well, how's your caregiving going? Well, I'm not a caregiver because they assume that personal care, actually assisting mm-hmm. with incontinence or assisting someone to get in and out of bed, that's caregiving. No, it actually mm-hmm. creeps in. And the next thing you know, more and more hours of your day are chunked away. So if you're starting to do some of those things for a loved one or starting to worry about a loved one who's showing a cognitive decline or physical decline, this is definitely the place you want to be. It absolutely is. And we have a lot of really interesting sessions this time that I think especially speak to people that that maybe are not necessarily a direct caregiver but their support of another caregiver as well so much interesting and original information so talk to us about some of those newer sessions this year well we've got one session i'm excited about we're calling it home safety for the golden years but it it really looks at everything in your home and how to make it safe as we age and we all need that Mm -hmm. We, we all or at a fall risk, you know, right. we all need that important information. Of course, we have our usual topics. We have some in-depth things on dementia and Alzheimer's, um, and we have um, a really great session called Dance and Movement for Everyone. We always try and have sessions that help us take care of ourselves as yes. caregivers, and so um, it's dance and movement that you can use for the person you're taking care of but also for yourself. So maybe I'll slip into that one if I can. (laughs) (laughs) We've yet to attend a session during one of these conferences. That's right. Maybe this is the year. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, We're excited to have Secretary of State Elaine Marshall join us this year. Uh, She's actually going to do two breakout sessions on investment fraud and guarding your assets. She's a great speaker. She is wonderful. And we're, you know, honored that she can take the time to come to this. It shows you how important this is. Everybody's coming. You know, one of the sessions that I find interesting is, especially because it's been so sensationalized in the news, is the one on the opioid epidemic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we're working with older adults, a lot of them have chronic pain issues. And so that bears the question of, you know, how do we handle opioids for older adults? Right. Are we we talking about the opportunity? the chance of them becoming addicted. Um, or or when, people get scared or, about it going away if there's a, maybe not a solution to help that person with their pain. Exactly. And then also, what do we do with those medications when we're not using them anymore? Not flush them. No, not flush <laughs> them and not just leave them in the medicine cabinet no, either. So no. we're going to do that. We're, we're also going to have um, 
the group from SAGE come and talk about what caregivers should know about the LGBTQ population this year. It's something that we've been talking about in an industry for as an industry for quite mm-hmm. a while to um, really support all seniors Correct. in this. But it's not something that we've had at the conference before. True. I mean, I remember when I was um, just starting out my career a little over 20 some odd years ago and it, you know, we started seeing some um, LGBTQ seniors move into residential settings, and it, it sort of created the question, well, how do we handle that? Because we don't typically place unmarried male and females together mm-hmm. in rooms. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, a companion room, two males together, two females. But then when you enter into the LGBTQ scenario, how do you handle that if you have you know, a person who is LGBTQ with another person who's not in the same room, right? Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. kind of opens up a lot of interesting conversations with how long-term care communities handle that and then how do the people in this group feel comfortable with trying to make long-term care placements. I've been seeing even some very specific um, adult care homes around the country get created specifically for this population of people People feel like they belong, have a That's sense of belonging. Wonderful. It's very interesting yeah. and different. Yeah, a woman... Um, actually received an international award specifically for creating that model of care. I recently read on the news. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that should be an interesting conversation for sure. Definitely. So we'll be sneaking into a lot of sessions (laughs) this year. And then there's always the legal information, (laughs) right? Always the legal information. It's so important. And you know that content changes Mm -hmm. every year as updates are made. So we all need to go to that one as well. There's, I don't know. You know, people can go to four sessions out yes. of all of these, and it's hard to choose which one. It is. It definitely is. And one of the good things is that these sessions are repeated, mm-hmm. uh, which which is helpful for folks. And then one session that I know is incredibly popular, and people really walk away, and they really have a sense of what it's like to walk in another person's moccasins is through that virtual dementia tour. Talk so, to us a little bit about that. So true. So it's a dementia simulation where people actually put on goggles and gloves and things in their shoes and they're given some tasks and they get to like you said walk in someone's moccasins they get to feel like what it has what it's like to have dementia and you know things that when people come out of that I hear them say wow it's so powerful I had no idea I wish I had known this earlier so um, you know it only takes half an hour but it's life-changing it is it is and and people really walk away with uh, an aha moment of you know really trying to help understand well my gosh my loved one's feeling this way all day then obviously we would be experiencing some of the behaviors that we see. Right. And, and that's it, just normal. It gives us more empathy, mm-hmm. I think, but also shows us in a way how to have more patience. What about those that. puppies? Oh, yeah. We're having <laughs> the puppies back this year. We had such a great response. We had therapy dogs from Dogs with a Purpose last year, mm-hmm. and we knew they would be well-received when or not you know, when dogs are there, everybody loves that. But it was so well received. We're having them back this year, hopefully with a few more puppies to join That's us. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, it was definitely, and it was actually stressful leaving for us too at the end of the it conference was. day. It was for great. Sure. Nice thing after lunch. So we definitely could not do this conference, uh, just for those listening, really without the financial support of our sponsors, in particular our underwriting and presenting sponsors. Our underwriting sponsor this year is AARP, and our presenting sponsor again this year is Clarity Legal Group. And so we're able to keep this conference at truly an affordable rate for the family caregivers at $15 per person to attend. And um, you know that covers the entire day's worth of sessions, that covers the lunch, 
all the entertainment that we provide, all of the things that you get to experience because of the financial support of organizations such as AARP and Clarity, as well as all of our exhibitors and our other session sponsors. Definitely. And that cost is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, if we really sat down and figured out, and I actually did this one day, it, it costs us around $80 per attendee to attend one of these conferences and so and it's only 15 it's for 15 them to register. it's truly subsidized so um, we definitely encourage folks to go ahead and register online at caregiverssummit.org get your seats um, you know we always sell out every single year so we definitely want to make sure that you go ahead and register and if you're listening and you represent a community group that interfaces with older adults or a faith-based community you know send somebody just to sort of be that person that brings back those resources and information for your organization because even as an employer that may be listening, I guarantee you have employees that are going through a caregiving journey. And so if you can arm yourself with materials and information, you would really be doing your employee group a great service, too. So important for so many people to come. It's a steal at that rate. And I hope that everyone will take you up on your offer, Nicole, to head over to Caregiver Summit. Dot org caregiversummit.org. There you can find all the information and register. As uh, Nicole and Lisa mentioned, they've added a little bit of space, but don't risk it. Register now if you're interested in attending. It's a wonderful opportunity. Lisa Levine, Director of Education for the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina, thank you so much for coming in this evening. We appreciate it. Thank you. We got to get out of here. We're out of time for tonight. I want to remind you, you can always find more information about Transitions Life Care at Transitions Life Care. And if you want to find more information or register for the Raleigh Caregivers Summit, go online to caregiversummit.org. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.